morning, everyone. Welcome back. Coming to you live from the Summerton Community Kailal in the CBS Community Center. Over here, we're continuing on a lovely, crispy Wednesday morning with Derek Hashem. Uh, we're going to continue exactly where we left off yesterday, and that is we are in Chelek Aleph, Perek, Gimel, and we're up to Simon Zion. Aleph, Gimel, Zion. Yesterday, we saw the Ramchal picking up speed over here, brought us to Adam Harishon, and he mentioned to us that everything that we've been saying till now has to be qualified. We've been talking about how there's two stages of existence, stage one, stage two, stage one is to get to stage two, and more than get to stage two, stage one is to prepare us for stage two, but more than prepare us for stage two, stage one is actually creating stage two. But, but, although we are creating ourselves as people in stage one that can enjoy dveikos, oneness, and closeness to God for returning stage two, we have to die before we go from stage one to stage two. We have to get rid of this body and get a brand new body because we're made in such a way that this body, this guf, this physicality we have, cannot have dveikus with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Because, as we explained, of the proclivity, not just the proclivity, but the just capability of this body to do Averis. It has the capability of doing Averis, therefore there is an inherent stira, an inherent repulsion and contradiction between ourselves, our existence, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So... We, we would have something forever getting in the way of bonding and being at one with Hashem. Therefore, we need to all expire after 120, uh, let this body decay and, and uh, you know, decay and be, be um, destroyed. And then we get a new body, a new existence, a new world in Eilam Haba. The Ramchal pointed out that is only post trait this whole idea, this whole concept that we have to have two existences, two bodies, two worlds, is only a result and effect of post-chait uh, reality of Adamishan after the chait. Before the chait, there was a different reality, different type of existence, and one that would not have necessitated death. And as the Ramchal told us yesterday, so all of our discussions have to be qualified. So are we discussing pre-chait or post-chait? And we have this glaring, lurking question that has to be addressed. The pre-chait Adam was someone who could have walked and waltzed right into Olam Haba without having to die, without getting a new body. He had a body that was capable of having direct bond and oneness and consonance with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. According to how we've been setting things up and explaining so far, that means by definition he had a body that on its own did not want to sin, had no interest in sin. So here we have a catch-22. If that's how he was created, he had a goof that didn't want to sin, how exactly did he sin? We're still going to have to get back. That is the lurking elephant that's lurking in the room, that's rampaging in the room. The white elephant that's right currently on a rampage is getting getting more and more furious, this elephant. It's going to have to be addressed. But in the meantime, again, the Ramchal is setting things up for us very clear that the existence of Adam Harishan before the Chet was diametrically different than ours. He had an existence that he could have gone straight into Adam Abba. Now we continue directly on that note, and we say the following, we see Zion. The Tzach Shateda, you have to also know the following. Although it's true, says the Ramchal, the only way that currently the Neshama shows up in the Guf, and the only area where we are able to perceive the fact that we have a Neshama, various big things that he's about to tell us, right? Talking about perceiving the Neshama, feeling your Neshama, being in touch with your Neshama, the only area where you can tell that someone has a Neshama, currently in this existence, stage one, is what? Heart. The fact that we're alive and the fact that we have intelligence. So one, one, let's just appreciate that. Ramchal just said, there's only two areas where you can really tell you have, you have a neshama in stage one. Two areas where you 
margishim, or we can feel the neshava. We sense it the neshava. We sense it in the neshama in the guf. The effect of the neshama in the guf. And again, as we've been saying so far, we had discovered this already in the last parak. Man is a fusion of two different um, entities. We have a, a guf, a body, which is physical, corporeal, material, and that's fused to a neshama, which is a, a very different substance altogether, made of a different material, coming from a different level of existence, something something spiritual, something godly. So they're fused to one another. They're bonded with one another. And neshama to the guf and the guf to the neshama, and the neshama can bring the guf up, the guf can bring the neshama down. Where do we see the neshama in the guf? How do I know if I just see my body? I certainly, you know, definitely see our bodies. We're in touch with our bodies. We feel our bodies. If I want to know, how do I know I have a neshama connected to this body? I'm a margish. How do I perceive and sensate that neshama? So the Ramchal, there's only two areas where a person can perceive his neshama. That's from the fact that he looks himself, he says, he's alive, right? Take your pulse. Yeah, Baruch Hashem. Baruch Hashem. We, we get a pulse. We have a heartbeat. Right? Breathing. We're alive. So that's one area where we see that there's a neshama. In other words, if, if your neshama is not connected to your guf, you're, you're not alive. You need a neshama and to be connected to the guf for the guf to remain alive. The haschala, the fact that we have intelligence, that we can think and we can use our minds, we can, we can, we can cogitate, process, analyze. That's also another area where the neshama shows up in the guf. That's the neshama functioning in the guf. That and nothing more than that. So what did Ramchal just say? The only area where we can pick up in the fa- on the fact that we have a neshama, ain't onu margishin neshama guf pula cheres dulas achiyus v'haschala. The only area and place where we perceive the neshama when the neshama shows up is the fact that we're alive. If you're alive, oh, clearly you have a neshama connected to your guf. Someone who is alive, whose heart is beating, whose lungs are working, that's an indicator that there's a neshama connected to the guf still. Always, always, if he's alive, that means there's a neshama still connected to the guf. And the fact that you can think, that you can use your mind. Now, a couple of things. Um, before we go on, first of all, it's not both at the same time. It's one or the other, meaning they're both independently um, Indicators that the neshama is is connected to the guf, chias and haschala, um, life and intelligence, intelligent thought. Someone who doesn't have haschala but has chias is still in possession of a guf that has a neshama connected to that guf. You can't have chias without a neshama. And you can't have haschala without neshama. And hence, we have, you know, a very clear-cut halacha and halacha guidelines and definitions of, of um, how to deal with life, even when, when there's rachman litzlan, a lack of brain activity. Rachman litzlan. Life, if there's life, even if the machinery is needed to keep that life going, but there's still life. Machines and systems, life support systems, can maintain life. They can't create life. No amount of uh, machinery, or s- systems, or equipment in the world, in the best hospital anywhere, are capable of triasamesim, of, of creating life, infusing life. They're, they're able to maintain life. They're maintaining the life that is, that is 
itself a function of a neshama that's connected to the guf. So it's a mim sayeya, the guf, to still allow the neshama to have a chibur with the guf. But chiyus, life, we have a black and white here in the Ramchal, requires a neshama. And conversely, life indicates that there's still a neshama connected to that guf. This is why we take these things so seriously. That nebuch, that whole, uh, the whole, the whole um, affair that just came to such a sordid, bitter, and uh, tragic end of um, the Alta in uh, such a, I'm sure, Churban, tragedy, that, uh, you know, all the king's horses and all the king's men, they say that without facetiousness, you know, no one's able to do anything, they can't get more of a statement of, of uh, you know, the, uh, the, 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 uh, Specters of the anti-Semitism and Gullus that still haunt us. What? Mamish, mamish. You know, we were still we're far, far away from, uh, you know, being impervious to, uh, to um, you know, those who uh, have no regard for Jewish life and disregard for Jewish life, being able to do what they want when they want. But why Kleisel, Gans Kleisel, every single organization, every single Askin. On, on both sides of the of the ocean, doing their very best to try saving this girl, because there's a neshama there. There's still a neshama in this guf. There's still something to fight for. There's still something preserved. This is not a this is not a guf. This is not just a, a cocoon. This is not a shell. There's a neshama present in this world. We don't send neshamas back. The Rebbeinu collects neshamas. There's still a soul connected to this body. If there's chiyus, even if you need machinery, even if you need equipment. To keep that chiyus going, good. That means the guf got very shvach. The guf needs help to uh, to allow the neshama to stay connected. But if there's still a heartbeat, if there's still a pulse, if there's still lungs breathing, the neshama is still there. That's what Amchal just told us. The neshama is still present. The neshama is present. There's a chibur between the neshama and the guf. A. There's nothing more precious than that. The Nisham was sent down here for a mission. Who are we to decide when that Nisham's mission is over? We don't know what that mission of the nesham, that Nisham was. And B, to end that, that's mamish murder. It's murder. We're not just, you know, taking a, a, a piece of a shtick fleish, which, you know, is just reduced to it. It's not a shtick fleish. This is, this is, this is chiyas. This is, there's a Nisham here. Yes? Hey, when the brain is gone, you're, you're essentially dead, even though you're on a bed. You're on a bed who, whose definition of death? According to whose definition? What's well, the definition well, of death? Well, you're on, you're on a bed, and the machine's pumping you away, and the blood, they say, is in the neshama, right? So what, that's, that's, all, that, that's mamish the point that we're making right now, is that Ram Chal just shared with us that the definition of death is not brain activity, lack of brain activity. The definition of not, death is not the body being incapable of keeping itself alive, the definition of death is when there's no more pulse, when there's no more heartbeat, when there's no more, uh, you know, pulmonary activity with or without machinery. Even if it, even even if it requires machinery, so long as there's still activity in the body, the body's alive, and so long as the body's alive, there's still a neshama connected to that body. How do we look at all the machinery that's that's necessary to keep it alive? It's not the machinery that's keeping the person alive. The machinery is allowing the body to remain animated by the neshama, that there's still a neshama present. Whether, without a neshama, 
Let's just say the best way possible. I mean, you say this already a few times. Say it like this. Without an neshama, no equipment, no life support system in the world will be able to keep that body alive. Without an neshama. If there's no soul there, it can't be any pulse, any heartbeat, any circulatory system, pulmonary system. Nothing can work without a neshama. Aye, but you're telling me it's not the neshama, it's all the, it's the doctors, it's the equipment, it's the systems, it's the monitors. What that's doing is it's a, we have a body that's become so weakened, our body can become very, very weakened, that, that it, it's hard for this body to latch onto the neshama, to allow the neshama to keep it alive. All the equipment is keeping the body just above the threshold that the body can receive and accept and latch onto the neshama. So it's hard to say where, what exactly is the neshama. Is it the brain, the heart, the blood? So the, the, what the Ramchal is sharing with us is the neshama does two things. Neshama has two functions. When the neshama keeps the body alive, without neshama the body can't remain alive, with or without machinery, with or without equipment. And be, the neshama is what allows us to have intelligent thought. So the fact that we're all thinking, are we all thinking? The fact that we're all processing... The fact that we're, you know, that our mind is assembling words and assembling thoughts and we can ask questions, that's another functioning of the neshama. The neshama does both, but even someone who has lost that capability, and there's brain death, Rachman al-Islan, doesn't mean there's no more neshama because the neshama also keeps the body alive. It does mean, let's say, the neshama is not fully active as much as it is in someone else. Obviously, that, that certainly goes without saying. The neshama has, has pulled back somewhat because the person can't think anymore. But it hasn't pulled back entirely. And the Shama is still connected. It's still in the Shama here in this world. So I say two things we have to keep in mind. You know, why we treat, why we, life is so sacred in Judaism. Any form of life, even life after, you know, this, unfortunately this question comes up. You know, even, even Rahman al-Islam, someone who hasn't experienced brain death, but, you know, come up recently here. You know, people <clears throat> get very ill, get very sick, and, 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 and they need, you know, then COVID times, like this routinely. That they, they need all sorts of machinery just to keep the basic functioning going, you know. And, and they're 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 suffering. The, the the children are suffering. Seeing the parents suffer, and the doctors say there's no hope. They're never gonna. They can't survive with that. You know, if we unhook the equipment, they're never gonna go home again. They're never gonna leave the hospital. They're in pain. The children are in pain. Seeing the parents in pain, and and sometimes the children are in pain just because uh, you know can happen unfortunately an attitude of you know invite her in Lebanon okay let's just go on in life you know, like like uh, you know how much how long am I supposed to be burdened with this with this situation or this family member who's suffering in the hospital our attitude is we have to remind ourselves remind others you know the Torah gives us a very clear outlook on the matter and that is any amount of life is precious any ounce any you know um, what's smaller than an ounce a half an ounce. What? Any, 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 the, 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 the smallest iota of life is precious, is godly, is, is um, worth fighting for. And we fight till the very end for the smallest micro ants. What? Um, you need people, so you have to get someone who's on Weight Watchers. They, there's like very small measurements. Micro leader. What? Micro ants, nano ants. So, uh, so there's Weight Watcher scales. They go down to like you know these kinds of things, you know. Anyway, um, 
is it's worth fighting for. Is worth fighting for <laughs> because, as we see clearly in the Ramchal A, it means the neshama's present. Necessarily, it means there's still a neshama present, even if Rachman Lutzlan, the doctor said, is brain dead. And since there's a neshama present, that tells us that the neshama is here because Hashem sent the neshama. You're only Hashem sends neshamas down. Only Hashem animates bodies and gives them life via the neshama. There's a neshama here. That means the neshama still has a mission. Who are we to determine when that neshama's mission is over? Is it for us to decide when, when the mission begins, when the mission ends? No. It's Baruch Hu, He's in charge of that. How do we know? We, we, there's neshama here. It means it still has something to achieve over here. Either it's brain, that's good, but there's a neshama here. It still has a mission. It still has a purpose. And B, it's, 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 it's murder. What kind of purpose can it have if the brain doesn't function? There's no way of Getting tikkunim. There's no idea. Exactly, exactly. We have no idea. And sometimes you have to tell this to children of parents who are unfortunately in such situations. You have no idea that, you know, it's hard, it's difficult. But, you know, every minute that's going by, you have no idea what that's doing for this neshama in, 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 in the Olam HaEmes. And if we cut that short, who knows what, what kind of, you know, um, tainas the neshama themselves will have on us. It's tikkunim that can only be achieved over here. Yisurim that can only be achieved over here. Um, you know, Rebchaim Shmulevitz, I know we're digressing quite a lot this morning. So maybe it's Rebchaim Shmulevitz, because you said Rebchaim Shmulevitz. Maybe it's Rebchaim Shmulevitz. The Gemara says that there were three people that were involved in, uh, in Paro's court, in Paro's uh, cabinet, when Paro wanted to figure out what to do with the Jews. Right? Three people he saw counsel from. It was uh, Eov, Bilam, and Yisrael. So Yisrael fled. He didn't want to give advice what to do with the Jews. And he was rewarded with a son-in-law who was Moshe. Bilam said, you got to kill the Jews. He was rewarded with death. And Eov remained silent. He didn't want to say anything. He didn't want to take a stand on the matter. And Eov had the suffering of, of Job. He, had, he suffered, right? He had to suffer. Suffered immensely. All kinds of crazy suffering. Yisurei Eov. So Chaim Shmuel asks, when Chayra Bilam was worse than Eov. His Bilam advised for them to be killed. Eov remained silent. He didn't want to take a stand. Bilam was much, much worse. And Bilam, you know, he's, he's, he's up and down. He was instantaneous death. It was a quick, painless death. Just, they decapitated him. That's it. It's all over. Eov suffered for years and years and years and years. Shrek Lucha. Shrek Lucha, you know, Shver Shmerzen. He suffered and suffered and suffered and suffered. Lechayra, Eov suffering a fate much worse than Bilam. So, Chaim Shmulevit says... He says, you know, unbelievably aside, he says, no, Bilam's much worse off than Eov, because Eov has life. He has chiyas. And the, the small, the most compromised life is still better than the alternative. And Fakir, the Yisurim of Eov, are, are doing who knows what for Eov. So we always, we have the same attitude. We have the same attitude. Listen, it's a difficult, painful, very, very, very delicate subject. You know, don't should ever have to have to deal with the subject, counsel others on the subject. But, um, has to be approached with, with a very delicate way, but we have solid Yisoyedus over here from the Ramchal. If someone is alive, any form of life is an indicator that there's a neshama there because you need the neshama for life. Most compromised life requires a neshama. Life support systems are not replacing the neshama. In Lumdis, they're facilitating the guf to be able to house the neshama. Okay, but anyway. 
that was really the first point, which was supposed to be a quick point. The second point is like this. You know, you have people sometimes. We may have encountered these people. In America, you don't find them all that often, but you bump into these people in the old city. You know, Yerushalayim, it's fast. You bump into people and they tell you how much they feel their neshama. Dude, I'm Amish when I do this. I feel my neshama so stark. And, I, you know, come on, let's do this. Man, you can just like feel your neshama, man. You can feel the neshama. Come. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Some of uh, Shlomo's mushrooms. But um, say like, wow, when, when I, you know, I go to the mikvah and I put on my tulin and then I take off my tulin, I go to the mikvah again, I come out of the mikvah, I put on my tulin again, you know, yeah, man, I really feel my neshama. Um, can you feel your neshama? Sir Amchal said, the only way you can feel the neshama is from the fact that you're alive and the fact that you can think. Seems pretty evident in the Ramchal that um, there's no other way of perceiving your neshama. That's on the one hand. It does sound very litvish, right? Very, very litvish a statement over here. The only area where we perceive, can sensate the neshama is through life and through haschala. It seems that you can't, uh, there's no other way of like, man, let's just like feel the neshama, dude. That's what it seems. On the other hand, the Ramchal is being miramis to us that there are degrees to which perhaps you could feel the neshama more and less. Chiyas and Haschala, Haschala certainly, you know, Haschala is intelligence, the fact that we can have intelligent thought. The more we have that Haschala, and the more we, we um, focus on that Haschala, the more we grow in that intelligence, we are perceiving the neshama more. The more knowledgeable a person becomes, and the more he becomes packed with knowledge, which is the spiritual knowledge, the knowledge of the, of the neshama, the more he is, therefore, by definition, perceiving the neshama, and, and that will show up. He's going to feel more of his neshama. Through his haskal. Okay, so I know that's also very litvish, right? <laughs> this is making something litvish even more litvish, but, but, uh, but the Ramchal is telling us that there is a is a uh, haschal is one of the fun- intelligence, intelligent thought is one of the ways that the neshama, you're margish your neshama. Therefore, the more you have that haschalah, the more there's going to be a perception and a hergish of the neshama itself. There is room then to go work backwards over here. He said, Zulas hachius v'haschalah, life. The neshama gives us life. The chibra of the neshama, the guf, is also providing us with life. I'm, I'm going to leave this open for now, but there would be room if someone would want to and take that further, perhaps to say as well, you can have dargas of life. I mean, life starts, what's the basic, what's the bare minimum life? Bare minimum life is that guy who's unfortunately comatose in the hospital. So the, I see Neshama because his heart is beating. I, because he's poked up to all these things, yeah, but the, the heart is beating, there's the Neshama there. Chiyas means life, but ultimately Chiyas also, you know, there's, there's levels and levels and levels of life and the highest form of life is is the is 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 the um, Kodesh Baruch Hu is was the um, you know Lakim Chaim. It's possible that there's room over there as well to say that a person can have madrigas of life. Same way you see in physical life, there's definitely madrigas of life. The person can be more alive and less alive. So there may also be room to say that a, a person can be more infused with life and therefore be margishes neshama more. 
Okay, so it's not so black and white, but it's time for a person to say that, you know, he feels his neshama, that, 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 that's a statement that has to be taken, um, you know, very, um, again, delicately and seriously, not something to use flippantly. Um, the the, 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 the shot over here, the Ramchal is sharing was with us that when the neshama shows up, is chiyos and haschala. And we're just being more that you can have madregas in both. There can be degrees of chiz and degrees of haschala. But let's go on. The, 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 those are really two side points. Uh, let's go on because it's getting late. Um, kind of start thinking about wrapping up for today. Let's at least finish this paragraph. Hine be'emes says the Ramchal, although, although, currently the only area where the neshama shows up in the guf is the chiz and haschala. Hine, and what he means, what he really means is that there's no direct effect in our in our in our physicality through the neshama. That's really what he means, and and that certainly has to be said. The, the, the people who tell us that they really feel the neshama in the guf, that the Ramchal saying, no, you can't, you don't feel the neshama in your guf. Possibly you can get more chiyus, you get more life, and more haschala. That's where you are margish the neshama. In the guf itself, we don't, we're not margish currently in the neshama. However, says the Ramchal, the guf is set up in such a way that it can potentially. Get something from the neshama, but not currently. The neshama does have the capability of affecting the guf, even though currently that doesn't happen. The neshama could be mezachich, purify, erase the guf and the material that the guf is made out of. Raise the guf, madrega after madrega. It can upgrade the guf, purify the guf. To the degree that the guf is capable of accompanying the shama and having dveikas with Hakadosh Baruch Hu in the Olam Ha'emes together with the neshama, so Rambam just said two things. Again, he was, what the first thing that's implicit over here is just is backing up what we've seen through the last few paragraphs, and that is the guf currently can't have dveikas with Hakadosh Baruch Hu. The guf currently is incapable of 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 oneness of being of being meschaber Hakadosh Baruch Hu because it's a guf that. Has the capability of chait. Any guf, he's saying more than that. Anything that's made out of chaymer, that's made out of physicality on its own, on its own is incapable of dveikas v'akash baruchu. Not only a guf that is able to be chaytei, that is already a stira between that guf having a chibor and dveikas v'akash baruchu because the guf has it, has the yechaylus to be chaytei. That creates a stira, that, 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 a repulsion. The Ramchal just told us even more than that. The very fact that the guf is made out of chaymer, is made out of physical substance, that also is a stira to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, when the guf is on its own, because HaKadosh Baruch Hu is not physical. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is not material. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is not corporeal, is not made out of chamrias. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is ruchni, not gashmi. Not even ruchni, it's beyond ruchni, beyond gashmi, certainly not gashmi. <coughs> the guf... The very fact that the guf is physical, is material, that's also a stero. Everybody here? Very important yesoid. Till now we've been understanding that the fact that the guf has the yechayleth to be chayte, that's a stero takarish barhu. But it goes beyond that. The guf being that it's chaymer, that it's, that it's just physical itself, also is a stero to the rebayna shalaylam. What allows the guf to have a, an ability to have dveikos? Again, with the Ramchal, we're going with the Ramchal, that there is... A guf in Olam Haba, there is physicality in Olam Haba, so uh, that guf in Olam Haba is going to be able to have a chibar l'kosh what allows that to happen. The guf has to be nizdachich, it has to be raised, it has to be purified, it has to be brought 
up to speed, upgrade to the point that the, that the body itself can bond with Hashem. What does that to the goof? That's the neshama. The neshama has the ability to purify the body. Mezach, the body, takes something physical and raise it to the point that even the physical can have a bond with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. But that doesn't happen in this world. That doesn't happen in this lifetime. That doesn't happen in the current gulf that we have. That's going to happen in Elam Haba. How does that work? How does the process work? Right. Okay, but it's still oh, so, so you wonder how does the process work? How, 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 if the guf is an inherent steer to Hakadosh because it's material, how does it? How, how, what's this process that's going on of it being purified that it can have things? That's what you're asking, right? I mean, yeah. How do we get around the steer? Yeah, but that'd be hard for me to. I guess I'll cross that bridge. Well, we're we're gonna wrap up with that. We're gonna wrap up with this. But let's just see the last few lines. Adam Rishon Magia Ilu Adam Rishon would have gotten that immediately if he wouldn't have sinned. He would have been zayichet to this process where the neshama would raise the guf. So even Adam Rishon's guf has to be purified and raised. Although we did say yesterday he had a guf that on own, his guf didn't want to be chayte. That's true. His guf still needs an aliyah, still needs his dachachos, because it's still a guf. Very different than our guf, very different than the guf from post chayt, because it's a guf that doesn't, didn't want to be chayte, didn't have an atiyah to be chayte, but it's still a guf. It still needed his dachachos, but his dachachos could have been done to the guf as is. The neshama would have raised it. That his neshama was capable of being of purifying the guf, pure purification after purification. His guf was capable of receiving the tahar and the hisdachachos from the neshama, until he would have been able to be at one with the kosh for netzach netzach. Period. End of paragraph. So just to just to wrap our heads around this, what does it mean? So, so we just discovered something very big over here, which, which, which makes a lot of sense. That not only there's a steer between a guf that can be chayt and a kosh which is our guf, that has to be destroyed. There's a steer between any guf and a kosh even Adam Rishon's guf before the chayt that didn't want to be chayt, because it's a guf. But that guf can be raised, purified, and, and, and um, sanctified by the neshamas to the degree that it could have vigs of the kosh How does that work? If it's a guf, it's still a guf, like Elon is asking. If it's, it's a steer, it's a steer. So the teretz is... The hisdachachos, the purity that we talk about, about the neshama purifying the guf, is making the guf more and more and more and more and more and more and more bottled to the neshama, is making the neshama more and more and more and more and more a mashpia to the guf, to the degree that the guf becomes more and more and more insubstantial as a as a beget, a lavush to the neshama. You can have all kinds of degrees of lavush. You know, a person can have a, a, a raiment, garment, clothing. A person can have different degrees. A person can be, let's say, you go to outer space. Go to outer space. When's the last time, Arthur, when's the last time you were in outer space? Oh, I went there. <laughs> <laughs> Good, that was the right answer. Anyways, people go to outer space. They need what? They need, uh, uh, they need, um, special suits. Special suits. <laughs> what are those things called? Where should they know? Space suits. Space suits, that's right. Thank you. Space suits. 
So astronauts wear spacesuits, and can you? You can't even see them, right? They have these helmets; you can't see them. They're fat. You can't. You have no idea. You know. Look at the spacesuit. You can't tell anything about the guy inside the spacesuit by looking at the spacesuit, right? How tall is he? How short is he? Is it a man? Is it a woman? How how overweight, underweight? There's no way of knowing because this thing is so huge and thick. There's all kinds of life support system inside the spacesuit. You know, does he have a facial hair, not facial hair? What color is his hair? What color is his eyes? No idea what's going on inside the suit. There's such a thick, you know, suit. Good. A deep sea diver, same thing. Such a thick protective suit. Someone who has to live in Siberia is wrapped up in all the, the parkas and the fur hats and the scarves. You can't see who's inside. But you could go down from there where your guy gets dressed. And you can see, okay, man or woman, you can tell that much more about them, but there's still, you know, there's a lot of layers, a lot of layers. And these layers are still substantial. The layers are still much more now bottled to me than I am to the layers, but there's still a lot of layers, you know. At any given point in time, we have lots and lots of layers. The guf is exactly the same thing. It's a lavush, it's a garment to the neshama. In this world, it's much more than a garment, it's two people fighting over the steering wheel. In the Olam HaEmes, we start off with the Lavush. And what the Neshama is doing to the body is purifying it more and more. That The Lavush becomes more and more and more insubstantial and, 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 and less and less and less and less in the way. It's always there to a certain degree. It becomes less and less and less in, in the way. Much more and more and more about the Neshama. So there's a barely, the barest of, of garments. And it can come out entirely Neshama housed in the barest of membranes. And this connects us with another data we can beautifully link this to. And we know, you know, famous Chazal, that Adam and Chavah were the Chait. Were they entirely bare? That they had a covering, but that covering was was a fingernail covering. They did have episode covering. That was the lavush. The barest of lavushes, the barest, barest of vigadim is what they had. And that was the, the, the idea of the guf being ready to receive a total hisdachachus from the neshama. The, 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 the guf is there, the barest of degrees, but it's still there. And that's the idea of the hisdachus, achir hisdachus, aliyah, aliyah, is to allow the guf to become more and more and more and more and more about the neshama, become thinner and thinner and thinner and thinner and thinner. Degree that is non-existent, it's kamat, just a, a membrane to some greater existence, and that's what allows the guf to have that the less it exists, the more it's bolted to the guf, okay, uh, the neshama. Very nice. Okay, we'll stop over here. That's a lot to digest. I think we'll continue tomorrow.